What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Excited to be with you guys here after a great selection Sunday and uh, happy to be talking with you guys today as always about some FCS football. Now, uh, we have some really unique matchups, some really unique games. We'll be getting to all of that and uh, and much more here on uh you know get the ball rolling i i'm so pumped uh for the playoffs for me uh i believe this is my this is my second playoffs that i that i did uh well third 2019 and then spring and then and then fall so it's it's been a fun it's been a lot of a really big ride uh really excited to be here and uh, to kind of see and observe what i've been able to to go through so we're just going to roll through the bracket first round um as always i will always tell you guys what is up and what i think uh is going on uh we're going to start obviously we'll talk about the seeds where they line up uh, along with uh, some of these other uh, unique aspects that is the the FCS playoffs. Uh, some people, uh, I mean, obviously some teams were left out. They're kind of feeling like they uh, kind of got the short end of the stick. And, uh, you know, but we've got the 24 team. Uh, 24 field is set, and I cannot wait to jump into it. Uh, for those of you who also, whose team didn't make it into the top 24, we'll also be doing um, another podcast a little bit later in the week uh, to go over uh, teams that we were excited to talk about throughout the season, uh, things that we saw. Um, we picked one team from uh, each conference, and we're going to discuss that. But right now, today, we're going to be talking solely about the playoffs. And as always, it is my annual ch- uh, rant that uh, everyone has, I've sent in, I probably had about 20 messages, people asking me uh, you know, who I have as far as the national champion. And I know this is not fun. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't a, a super fun answer. But for me, I, I do it round by round. Uh, I don't do the NCAA tournament, uh, the, the field of 68. Somebody asked me that. No, I don't do that. Uh, but the reason why I do that is because I think football is such a unique sport. Uh, you know, if if uh, you know, your quarterback goes down, uh, skill receiver, uh, multiple injuries on defense, uh, those kinds of things, they matter. Uh, they matter in the, the 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 grand scale of things, and so I like to take it week by week. I kind of take the betting approach, where uh, you know you you look at the spreads, you look at the over unders, and uh, you kind of just roll with that. And that's kind of my my thing to do. And so we'll be going through it by week by week. Okay, uh, for those of you who out there, I mean, most of you have because you are FCS fans. That's why you're listening to an FCS uh, fan podcast. Uh, the the seeds are as followed. First round buys go to Sam Houston at one, North Dakota State as two, James Madison at three, Sacramento State at four, Villanova at five, uh, Montana at six, uh, East Tennessee at seven, and uh, Montana State at number eight. Uh, I'm not really going to get into the seeding. I think it's all arbitrary. It's completely up to the committee. I think there are some. There are certainly some biases. 
And then there's some uh, other things that I think that you can't ignore. Uh, you know, obviously Missouri Valley and the the Big Sky very well represented uh, in and in, in all these playoffs. And you know, obviously the the smaller conferences want better representation. That's why I said it's a little bit uh, a little bit more biased. There are 24 teams. I do like the 24 team playoff. I do like the way that the FCS is is hosted at the team site. I think that that makes a big time difference. I think it's super Super fun. Uh, for as long as I can remember, uh, I was able to uh, go to Weaver State games. The first time I ever went to a playoff game actually was uh, the Weaver State Montana game in the quarterfinals. It was snowing. It was cold as all get out. It broke up with some rain followed by more snow. It was a typical, you know, Utah night in December. Ton of fun though. I had an absolute blast uh, with my with my grandfather and my dad. Had a really good time there. The the level the FCF's playoffs is a complete total different level uh, of football, different uh, and it, and it makes it so much fun and Weaver State was able to to, to beat Montana. And so that was good as well. So now we're going to be looking into it. Let's break it down. Uh, we're going to start, uh, where should we start? We're going to start towards the bottom of the bracket. And then uh, we're going to work our way through it. So the first matchup that uh, we're going to be discussing is SIU against South Dakota. Now, SIU and South Dakota are virtually uh, the same exact team. Uh, it is so hard to determine uh, <laughs> who is going to be the winner of this this. Uh, this game, South Dakota seven and four, Illinois or Southern Illinois seven and four. Uh, South Dakota had wins over uh, SDSU, um, Northern Iowa. They did lose to Missouri State, um, but you know some big wins. So with losses to uh, an FBS school to Kansas, uh, Missouri State, uh, Illinois State, and North Dakota State were their losses. SIU uh, had some good wins. Uh, at the time, I thought they were a lot better. Now, kind of hindsight, it's kind of like what's going on. Uh, but they beat Kansas State, uh, or they lost to Kansas State, sorry, uh, with big-time wins against South Dakota State, North Dakota. But they did lose to Northern Iowa and to Missouri State with a stinker against Youngstown. And honestly, right now, um, it's it's more so when these losses occurred. In the last four games, uh, Southern Illinois is just one and three. And uh, I know, granted, that those are two, uh, playoff teams and if they thought that they had secured the win against Youngstown it's hard to say uh, if they played everybody but you want to be peaking at the right time in the last four games for uh, South Dakota they were 2-2 two and two. the Southern Illinois game was really really bad uh, oh and a win over North Dakota for South Dakota because I mentioned it for SIU uh, really these teams are as, as evenly matched as you can get and um South Dakota will be, it looks like they will be hosting the Salukis. Uh, when you look across, you're like, okay, well, where am I going to get my matchups? Uh, where, who is who am I going to be looking at? Uh, which uh, side of the ball is better? Uh, North Dakota has the 20th best defense with the 47th best offense, and uh, SIU Southern Illinois has the 46th best defense and the 22nd best offense. Um, so when you look at that, uh, I usually like to do an equivalent chart. means that uh, if you combined the teams, the two teams, just uh, based off of offense and defense, SIU would be the 34th best team in the country, and uh, South Dakota would be 33 and a half uh, if you just combine those two statistics. So on, on every single level, uh, they are they're, they're, they're equal, and it is so hard to determine uh, those kinds of things. So I honestly think that this one is going to come down to 
home field advantage. Uh, in the Dakota Dome, I think that South Dakota, those fans get absolutely uh, going crazy. Uh, they're having a wonderful season. Uh, you look uh, at, at the last few years, as far as uh, results go, um, out of the the Missouri Valley Football Conference, they were 1-3 last year, 5-7 and seven, uh, in 19, 4-7 in 18, 8-5 eight and five in 17. South Dakota, that was the last time they went to the playoffs. And so this they haven't been there for, for quite some time. Uh, it's been a while, and so that place is going to be rocking. I think it's going to come down to that. I think it's going to come down to peaking at the right time when you've only won one game out of your last four and against an Indiana State team who's, who's not really good. So it's not something to hang your hat on. Uh, honestly, SIU felt like they were, they were burning really hot at the beginning of the season uh, with uh, a, a gradual descent, while South Dakota uh, kind of was like off of everybody's radar, and they came roaring through, and now everyone wants to talk about them. I'm going to be taking the the Coyotes in this one. Uh, we'll be taking them uh, over the Salukis of SIU, and uh, North or South Dakota will have another matchup, a rematch uh, in the Fargo Dome the week after against the Bison of North Dakota State. Uh, so, I mean, difficult. That's a difficult poll, uh, but uh, I think it's going to be fun, and I cannot wait for that second round matchup. Uh, we'll definitely. That's one of I think one of the most intriguing games. Another intriguing game that is really. Uh, I, as I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and, and not a lot of people talked about this game. A lot of people talking about the South Dakota game. A lot of people are talking about some of these other matchups. One of the ones that I think is very underrated is this uh, Kennesaw State versus Davidson. Again, when you look across, uh, you know, as far as records and, and, and stuff like that goes, you look at a Davidson team who has had a phenomenal season. They've played really well with only losses to Dayton and VMI. Uh, the VMI game, they, they kind of got beat down. Uh, they did play Shaw, which I believe is an NAIA school, and they do play in the Pioneer League, uh, but they have played absolutely phenomenal uh, football. Moorhead State came within five. Uh, they did throw up 70 on Presbyterian. Uh you know, they really have beat people by, uh, oh, and Shaw, they only beat by two, but they really have beaten down on people this year. Uh, you know, St. Thomas, the Tommies, 42 to 15, Drake, 45 to 14. Uh, they have a very strong offense and a pretty strong defense. And then you get this Kennesaw State team who everyone has been sleeping on, me included. I thought that Monmouth would beat them. Turns out I was wrong. Their only loss this year was to Georgia Tech. Now, they did play Reinhardt, which I believe is a D2 school, if I remember correctly. Uh, and they've they played well. Uh, they had kind of a, a, a close game against North Alabama, uh, 28-24, two weeks ago on the 13th. But they were able to shut out a, a really good, or not shut out, but they were able to shut down a really good Monmouth team, 45-17 to this last this last week. Uh, like I said, they haven't lost since um, November, or sorry, September 11th. It's been a long time since they've done that. Uh, I do like Davidson, and I went back and forth. Again, I, I kind of did the predictive analysis that I like to do. Davidson actually rates higher because they have a higher offense, number 10, and then 39 defense, while uh, Kennesaw has a 16th best defense, 38th offense. Uh, but their offense is so unique with the way they run uh, the, the, the running schemes and stuff like that. It is very difficult 
uh, as a Davidson team when you haven't been able to prepare for this or haven't seen anything like that. Uh, it can be difficult uh, on the road. I'm going to be taking the Owls and uh, one of the most intriguing second round matchups in my opinion is uh, honestly even if Davidson wins uh, ETSU versus uh, Kennesaw State or ETSU versus Davidson. Now ETSU does have home field advantage uh, but that is a really really interesting second round matchup for either team. I want to be taking the Owls over Davidson, and uh, I think I think it's going to be close to the first half, in my opinion. Uh, I think it'd be 21-14, something along those lines. I think uh, by the end, Kennesaw State kind of puts it to them and, and ends up you know, 45-24 or something along those lines. Uh, and then they're going to be looking ahead to play the, the Buccaneers of, of ETSU, which was, was semi-sad because I've been chair for Mercer all year, but... Uh, uh, you know, they were able to get the win. They're, they're a really gritty team, uh, like what I saw. I got to give my SIU South Dakota prediction. I think it's going to be 27-24 for South Dakota, uh, just based on the fact that, that, that they're at home. I think they get those three points for being at home. Moving on to the next one. This is another matchup uh, most people are talking about right now. Uh, probably the most discussed matchup across the board, and that is this Eastern Washington against Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is notorious for, uh, you know, being this gritty, hard-nosed team. You don't want nothing of them. Uh, they don't, I mean, offense not super high-flying. That's basically uh, make sure that the defense wins the game. Offense don't lose it. Uh, however, this year has been a little bit different. Um, they do have wins over Sacramento, who is fourth in the committee's eyes uh, and they do have a win over South Dakota State and SIU uh, however but they have some stinkers in here uh, losses to Missouri State to Illinois State to South Dakota to North Dakota State uh, and when you look at it, on the road against North Dakota and uh, on the road against uh, Illinois State, on the road against Missouri State and uh, and really, I mean, their big one of their big wins was was against SIU. They won uh, at home, and so really, their and their 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 two best wins were at Sacramento State, which was early in the season, and uh, at South Dakota State. Uh, just a few weeks ago in October. Uh, this Northern Iowa team is hard to pin down. I just think Eric Berrier and the Eagles have too much offensive firepower, and uh, it being up on the Inferno, I think, and, and with EWU not getting a seed, I think it's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth, and uh, I'm going to be taking the Eagles of, of Eastern Washington. I do think it's going to be close. Uh, I think that Northern Iowa's defense alone is going to keep them in it. Uh, and I just I, I just feel that that uh, Eastern Washington has so much more to play f for as well with uh, a, a rematch against Montana, which again Eastern Washington's going to feel like you know they should have went over Montana, they should have went over Montana State and uh, into the seats. I want to be taking EWU uh, with an awesome second round matchup. Uh, they'd be on the road if they win against Montana, as I stated before. I think this one is going to be close. I want to say thirty four uh, to. 28. Now you're going to say, well, the, why isn't that close? I think it's going to be a last, uh, like a last second touchdown. I think it's going to be a drive that sets them apart. Uh, but again, <clears throat> 
I'm going with EWU over UNI. UNI's offense is is very very bad uh, compared to you know the defense of EWU. They're actually the same seventy and seventy, but EWU has the second best offense, so it puts them far, farther ahead of UNI with the seventeenth uh, best defense. So they do have a good defense. It's top twenty seventeenth. Uh, I think uh, EWU's offense is a little bit too much to handle. The next game, another one, uh, another uh, clash of the Titans. If you will, Southeast Louisiana taking on Florida A&M. Uh, great to see an HBCU uh, back in the playoff. Uh, you know, they do have their, I believe it's called the Celebration Bowl, where they do that. I don't really cover uh, the HBCUs because normally they don't get in because you're looking at, you know, a third place HBCU team uh, would, so you're saying the third best team in in smaller conferences are going to get in. You look at the CAA, uh, only getting in Villanova and JMU. Uh, so, I mean, it's difficult when you have the Missouri Valley, the, the, the big sky that has, you know, a plethora of really talented teams. Uh, but Florida A&M, the Rattlers were able to get in. Uh, everyone, I think, has kind of fallen in love with this team, uh, their story. They've only lost one game and that was to Deion Sanders' Jackson State uh, by one point. So they're definitely good. The only kind of downside to Florida A&M is their strength of schedule. Uh, they, they really didn't play uh, a super good schedule. Their their schedule rank was in the hundreds, but they were able to win, and win's a win. Now you're going to say, you you can look at it two ways. Well, you can only play who you can play, or hey, you know what, you really need to start scheduling some harder teams. I'm not going to say either way. Uh, they do have the best defense in the land, while Southeast Louisiana has the best offense in the land. And um, Southeast Louisiana, we always talk about peaking at the right time and stuff. Now, the Lions, uh, they did lose to, to Nickel State. However, they had already played them once this year and beat them by 10 uh, on the road. Now, Nichols was able to go down and win. When you have uh, fairly good teams, I mean, Nichols, I think, is a good team, not a great team. Uh, but you play them two times, you're able to kind of correct the mistakes. And I think that's kind of what Nichols did, and they were able to kind of out-scheme them. Uh, the incarnate, the UIW game for Southeast Louisiana was a go-either-way game. And their only other loss was uh, to Louisiana Tech by three points. Uh, this is an absolute flying offense. And this is the reason, uh, this is another reason, kind of like with Eric Berrier, I think it's going to come down to uh, the quarterback, Kelly, really kind of putting it on himself to go and get the win. Uh, Florida A&M, obviously, they have not been uh, in the playoffs in, in quite some time. I think there's going to be that. They're on the road that's going to make it difficult so i'm going to be taking southeast louisiana um i think it will be uh i don't think it's going to be as close as what a lot of people are saying some people are predicting the upset over you know florida a&m over southeast louisiana uh i think it's going to be a little bit more of of uh you know at least a double digit win uh i want to i want to say uh, 42 uh, to 24. I think that uh, Southeast Louisiana is going to put up some points. They are at home. Uh, they're really going to, to, to get ready for that. A very intriguing matchup the following week against J JMU, James Madison, and uh, I'll be waiting to see how this team plays uh, to kind of assess what they can do up against James Madison. 
The next one, we have UC Davis against South Dakota State. Another one uh, has been talked about uh, quite a bit, uh, not as much as the previous two, but definitely has been discussed. People are kind of writing off this UC Davis Aggies team. And uh, when you look at their their schedule, you can kind of see why. Uh, they, as far as the, the, the early season, they beat Tulsa, which is an FBS win, which carries a lot of weight uh, with the committee. They beat San Diego, which is, they were honestly a game away from making the playoffs themselves. The Toreros are a pretty good team. Uh, they play my alma mater and they beat Weaver State by three. However, Weaver State's quarterback was injured in that game. They only beat him by three. Should have been a little bit bigger. Uh, they lost a really bad game against Idaho State. I don't know what that was. And then you look... They kind of played mid to bottom half of the Big Sky, and when it was go time, uh, they lost to Eastern Washington, and they lost to Sacramento State. They seem like, again, uh, kind of like they're slowing down. Uh, you know, they're not firing on all cylinders for whatever that may be, and uh, you're really going to ask yourself, this is a team that beat Tulsa. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, South Dakota State ends up beating them. Now, they're going to go... Uh, I believe, uh, yeah, I think that South Dakota State, I mean, they're going to have to go on the road uh, in round two. But right now, they're going to be playing at home uh, in in Brookings. I, I, I just think that... Uh, no one's going to. No one can really handle uh, that. That atmosphere is going to be electric. And uh, UC Davis, have they beat EWU or, or split? You know, one of the last two. I would probably have a little bit more confidence. The South Dakota State team. Uh, it's kind of crazy to say that they were in the national championship just uh, back in the spring. Uh, they did lose to South Dakota, but they've lost a lot of really close games. I know mean, a one-point loss to SIU, uh, a Hail Mary pass to South Dakota. If they win those games, are we are we really talking about them uh, the way we are? There, that would if you flip those games, which were go either way games, uh, their loss would their only other loss would be to Northern Iowa, and so that was that was like their one kind of stinker. Everyone has one. They did beat North Dakota State at home. Uh, they're going to defend uh, their stadium very well. And so I, I, I just think it's like if you just reverse that, you know, football's a game, a game of inches. If you reverse some of those inches, what would the story be? Everyone would be predicting South Dakota State to win it. I'm still a South Dakota State fan. I have been since watching them in the playoffs. I think they beat down pretty good on UC Davis. Uh, I think it's going to be 35-21. to 21. I really do like uh, that Davis was able to get back. Uh, um and I, I can't wait to watch this game. I think it's going to be a fun one. I don't think Davis's defense will be able to handle the, the strength of, of uh, SDSU's offense. And quite frankly, SDSU's defense is better than UC Davis's offense. So uh, we'll see who shows up. And uh, really excited to see this one. Uh, the next up, we do have Holy Cross against Sacred Heart. Now, Sacred Heart is coming out of the NEC. Uh, they were able to win their conference. They do get an automatic qualifier. They have not lost since Merrimack College. Uh, uh, on 10-9, uh, they did have... Uh Oh, sorry, they won that game. They lost to Howard on 10-2, and then they had lost to Dartmouth, lost to Bryant earlier in the season. They are winning quite a bit. They had a big win against uh, Duquesne, I'm told, as it's enunciated out east. It's 31-13, and, and had a close one-point victory, 14-13, over St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Uh, honestly, uh, so Holy Cross is going to be too much, I think, for them to handle. Holy Cross in the second-round matchup, I would not want anything to do with them. This is a 
Crusaders team that is just built on on defense. Uh, they are they're a good football team. Uh, they do have losses to Merrimack and Harvard. Harvard was kind of the head scratcher. Uh, I actually had ranked them most of the year in my top twenty five because I think that these guys are uh, they're a good football team. I think they're going to be down on Sacred Heart and. Uh, I mean, when I say beat down, I, I think the score is not going to be like, you know, 60-7. to seven. I think it's going to be a 24-7 to seven, uh, victory for uh, Holy Cross. They get a really intriguing second-round matchup against Villanova, and uh, it's going to be fun. Now, both of these teams are, are battle-tested. They've been to the playoffs before, uh, but again, on the uh, at home, uh, I think Holy Cross is just going to kind of take care of business and get ready for Villanova. We have two more games left. Uh, next we have Missouri State against UT Martin. Now, this is a very, very hard one uh, for me because I absolutely love both teams. You know I'm a huge Skyhawks fan. And a couple weeks, or sorry, a couple weeks, a couple days ago, I went to the Missouri State uh, Dixie State game. Missouri State is absolutely built. They are big. They're fast. And when they are clicking... I don't know if there's a team. I mean, I think they're one of the best teams in the nation when all things are firing uh, on all cylinders. And it, it pains me to pick against UT Martin. I actually have a UT Martin shirt. I've been a huge Skyhawks fan since bringing on uh, Coach Pelosi out there. And uh, UT Martin had, had honestly uh, a flawless uh, season. They did lose to SEMO. Uh, it was the second time they played them. And I imagine with them locking up uh, the the seed, they obviously didn't watch this, speculating. But you maybe not go as hard. You know, you'd already won on the road. Just kind of wrap it up and then get ready to take on Missouri State. Well, they didn't know who they were playing, but, you know, into that, who they were going to be playing in that first round. Uh, their only other losses against Western Kentucky. They had some good wins against Samford, 33-27, and uh, really beat down on Murray State, 48-24. They beat Jacksonville State, 34-31. I think this UT Martin team is having an absolute wonderful season. It's too bad they got matched up with the Bears. Uh, the Bears have been hot and cold. Uh, lose a weird game against Youngstown State. Uh, lost in North Dakota State, and their only other loss was to Oklahoma State by just a mere, what is that, seven points? Uh, they lost by a touchdown, and Oklahoma State has only had one loss this year uh, to Iowa State. So, I mean, really, this this Missouri State went healthy. They are legit. I, I went, I was hanging out with my friends on Saturday night, and uh, they decided not to go to the game with me. I went. Uh, yes, I braved the cold of all 55 degrees here in St. George, Utah. And I went, I watched the game, uh, I stayed through most, well, about half of the fourth quarter, and uh, I was sad to see my Trailblazers getting beaten down, uh, but I was really watching uh, Missouri State and, and what they are able to do. Um, because it would have been really easy to kind of drop that game on the road against uh, Dixie State. And I know they were probably trying to get to a seed. They're probably upset they didn't get a seed uh, over like a Montana State. But, uh, you know, Missouri State played really well. Very impressed with them. Very well coached. Uh, Coach Petrino's doing a great job. And uh, honestly, this the second round matchup against Montana State, uh, Missouri State gets this play at home. So they're not on the road against UT Martin. And then, so, you know, if they get the win 
against UT Martin soundly. Uh, then they're on the road. They're going to be going up to Montana State, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, kind of interesting dynamic after a pretty ugly loss. Uh, you know, again, Montana State's kind of cooling. Uh, while Missouri State, you know, they haven't lost since uh, October 23rd, uh, and that was that loss was just a seven point loss to to North Dakota State. So. Uh, Really, this is a really good football team. I like the Bears. I hate to pick against the Skyhawks. Been a huge Skyhawks fan. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 33-27. to 27. And uh, I'm going to be taking the Missouri State Bears with a very, very fun second-round ma- matchup. That is... Uh that is uh, up in, in in Montana State. Now the final one, and honestly, to this moment, I have not even written down who I think is going to win. I've thought about it long and hard. So you guys are hearing it first here. Uh, UIW playing Stephen F. Austin. Both teams have had phenomenal seasons. I don't know if very many people would have predicted Stephen F. Austin uh, the way that they did uh, last spring. They were six and four, uh, 19, three and nine, 18, two and eight, 17, four and seven. Uh, they haven't had a, had a, as good of a season as they're having right now, an eight win season since 2016, where they lost they lost to Northern Iowa in the playoffs. Uh, I am happy that Stephen F. Austin is in this, and I think it'd make a wonderful second round matchup to have the Battle of Piney Woods with Sam Houston moving up uh, to FBS in a couple years time and. Uh, Stephen F. Austin uh, staying in the whack. It would be super awesome, but usually what the case is is that it gets disrupted. And I'm taking UIW. Um, I think that uh, UIW, their offense is phenomenal. Their defense is not very good. They are 94th in the nation. And you're going to say, well, defense wins championships. Yes, but offenses win games. I think that, uh, yes, Stephen F. Austin does have a good, uh, you know, have a good defense. And I honestly, I mean, I look at Stephen F. Austin and, and, and their wins. They were able to beat, uh, they were able to beat a few teams handedly they played very well uh, just a one point loss to Sam Houston a four point loss to Jacksonville State they have not lost since October 9th they're playing very good football but I love this UIW team and honestly that's the reason why I'm picking them um, I saw very early that this team was legit uh, I thought Prairie View A&M would be a good team they did lose to Youngstown but when they beat Prairie View the way they did and they beat Texas State and they beat McNeese they landed on my radar. You guys know I've talked a lot about UIW. I've talked a lot about Mercer this year. Uh, this is a team that I really like, and I'm going to be rolling with the team that I like. I think it's going to be super close. I'm going to guess 28 to 27. Uh, I, I really think this is going to be one of the most fun, uh, intriguing matchups. Uh, the winner will take on Sam Houston, which it's hard to say. Um uh, Sam Houston definitely had, did not have the strength of schedule that some of these other teams have had. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's a one-off game. It's it's the way that you win, and we will see, uh, the you know, really the way how they're going to win um, you, come in two weeks' time. But I really think that uh, UIW is, is going to win. Uh, not... 
not just because I love them, but I think they're having a, one of those seasons. Uh, I do like Stephen F. Austin. If Stephen F. Austin wins, I'm not going to be upset. I watched him play my alma mater. I watched him a few times, like I said, against Eastern Kentucky. I watched him play against Central Arkansas. This is a really good football team. They're very well coached. Uh, have a really sound defense with a pretty fun offense. A really underrated offense. Not very many people are talking about. Uh, so that's kind of my matchups. Uh, so the second round matchups, uh, as I've kind of been going through it, we'll roll through it pretty quick. Sam Houston would be taking on UIW, uh, Montana State against Missouri State, Villanova against Holy Cross, Sac State against South Dakota State, JMU against Southeast Louisiana, Montana against EWU, ETSU against Kennesaw State, and North Dakota State against South Dakota. Now, a lot of people are would, would continue to go into their analysis on all these hypotheticals of what would happen. But you know what? I'm not going to. I'm going to stop it right here. We're just doing round one tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And so th- those are my predictions. And I think that, uh, you know, I... I love doing these predictions. I, I love the bracket. I can't wait to watch these games. I will be on vacation. Uh, what better vacation time is there than just hanging out, watching some football, eating some good turkey, spending time with the family, going shopping. Uh, I'm going to be up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, and so it'll be a good time. Haven't seen uh, my, my wife's family in, in some time, so I'm excited to do this, and I'm going to be definitely tuning in to all of this and uh, g- continue to support the channel. I love the questions that we had. Uh, over the offseason, we'll probably be do, do going into the mailbag. We have some uh, questions that some listeners have reached out and uh, I just haven't been able to get to and uh, we'll be kind of wrapping up this season as we go. Now we're going to be getting a group of uh, what is it 16 teams uh, and then whittled down to 8 4 to 2 and uh, they will be crowning the national champion. Can't wait to watch it and I'll be giving you my analysis as that goes. This has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Be sure to always like, comment, subscribe, rate, review whatever you do. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and uh Uh, If you reach out to us, give us a shout, say hi, and uh, enjoy some turkey this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful and safe week, and keep the ball rolling.